Now, real quick, while I got you listening, uh, I'm going to be going over some really, really important information in this episode, and it's a lot to do with the Ukraine crisis and Russia and China and the United States and really the world as a whole. And a lot of it has to do with the World Economic Forum and how all of this ties together and pretty much the lead up to this insane conflict that's going on and unfolding in front of our eyes and i really 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 stress you to listen to the entire episode in its entirety if you're listening on audio i highly encourage you to listen to the end and then look up the sources that i cite and actually look for the information it is very important this is a big big deal i cannot stress this enough and a lot of this has to do beginning a lot of this has to do with the demoralization and the inversion of the truth in the united states basically uh, we've uh, fallen away from god as a nation and it is completely and totally ruining us the wimpification of all masculinity in our country is just destroying us first of all now we have all of this propaganda that we got to deal with and decipher and sort through all the very peaceful innocent people and righteous people are the ones being prosecuted and persecuted and you got to look at this from a biblical perspective even if you are not religious you really need to take a good hard think about what what exactly is going on we have the perversion of the truth and we even had all the riots where we're being told that the buildings on fire and the people almost murdering each other constantly is peaceful now we're being told to basically not believe what we see that is a clear definition of a perversion of the truth or alteration of the truth now th this has a lot of biblical implications and this this is coming from the bible and like i said if you're not religious you can still stand by the things that this is saying there's a yin and yang there's good and evil and the truth is good and lies and deceit and perversion of the truth is what is evil the 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 continuity of evil the the mission of evil is to alter the what is good it's the perversion and the exact opposite of good and all that is righteous and wherever you look you can see it you can clearly see it it's the perversion of the truth it's happening everywhere men can get pregnant something that is obviously not true you could be any gender that you want also very very not true there's a whole lot of things going on and basically all the lies all the lies that we've been told on a constant near constant basis is just destroying us we gotta look through the propaganda and we gotta we gotta take a good hard think and look at what exactly is really going on in the world now we have uh, we have Klaus Schwab with the World Economic Forum saying that we must prepare for a much angrier world. They're doing all these war games and trying uh, all these different scenarios. They're working with Bill Gates. 
on all kinds of different things. You know, he even has a TED talk on uh, depopulation and all this and that. It is, it's pretty serious. It's very serious. And the rest of this episode is all going to be about the Ukraine crisis and all the lead up to it. It has a lot to do with all the, the shysky things that Biden has been up to and how Russia is aligning itself with China, which is devastating. It could be very, very dangerous for us. So I, I encourage you to please listen to the entire thing and take the information seriously and speculatively. I want you to not just take it at face value. And I want you to look it up yourself and really, really dive into this because this is a, a very, very serious thing. And it's, it's only going to keep escalating from here. It's only going to get more serious. And we have a lot of implications that it's going to be huge. This is going to be an ongoing thing for a very long time because it's going to start starting with Ukraine and Russia. And it's leading up from that to economic issues here in the United States and it's going to develop into Taiwan with China and war with Japan possibly and all of this is going to be basically the lead up to World War 3 we're going to have economic bullshit we're going to have cyber warfare on a massive scale that we've never seen before all these hackers could be very soon targeting all of our infrastructure especially our banking system which is severe and not very protected mind you our refineries our uh many of our production plants a lot of these things uh, there, there's there's been a lot of studies where it's actually really easy to hack the system and cause uh all these pump houses to to pump towards each other and blow lines and have all these pipes explode it's it's some really scary stuff going on and i really really implore you to look into all this information and take it seriously because this is uh this is a real deal this shit's actually happening and it's getting pretty bad all right hello and welcome to where will you stand i'm casey thomas and obviously we got to talk about the uk ukraine crisis there's a whole lot of insanity going on, and instead of just talking about what's going on right now, I decided to actually backtrack just a little bit. I saw some articles that were in Russian, or whatever the main Ukrainian language is, and I used Google Translate, and I, I went through it, and it was talking about the United States instigating a lot of this and uh, holding some animosity towards us. And I decided to start looking into it a little bit, and I backtracked not too far, just a few years, four or five years, maybe, and leading up to current time. And a lot of it has to do with Biden, a lot of it has to do with Hunter. It's just, it, it's kind of insane, all the, uh, all the shady things that have been going on. I don't even want to talk about uh, a lot of it. Shouldn't even have to talk about it, but we are. Now we're going to be going through a whole bunch of this. I'll give you a rundown. The Ukraine blames the United States. Hunter Biden travel logs. The quid, quid pro quo. The Russian, Russian strikes. Uh, there's some um, speculation that it was actually some U.S. funded biochemical labs. 
We got some Fox News reports. World War Three fears. We're going to get into China and some other things. Good news is I just unlocked ads, and by the time I'm done doing this, if I have an ad, it'll just be here. All right, let's get into it. This is from The Nation. Ukraine. Blame the United States and NATO. For weeks, from CNN through BBC Al Jazeera, we are fed some of the diet on a daily basis. We run the risk of being victims and intellectual quashiqua whatever that word is and some of us have to cry out the exercise is not in defiance of Vladimir Putin a dictator of no mean measure I reject fascism communism nazism militarism and all forms of tyranny Putin epitomizes monocracy I like democracy in the uh, Westminster model the United States presidential system of government is fascinating when it comes to the rule of law, freedom, and right to dissent, and blah, blah, blah. However, I reject the month-long mobilization of mass hysteria against Russia through the agencies of instant communication. And it's just talking about blah, blah, blah. This was just leading up to it. But it goes on to say that Americans claim they are the lovers of freedom, but that liberty that they have denied others. It claims Ukraine is a sovereign state and is free to choose a path that pleasures, uh, pleases it by joining NATO. Why, then, is the U.S. fighting Iran, another sovereign country, for choosing a path that it pleases by developing potential nuclear arms? Is it good? It is good the vast majority of American citizens do not believe in the unpopular agenda of their ultra-nationalist leaders. The United States must abandon its expansive drive and dream to be the only superpower in the world. The United States and Russia must lead the campaign to rid the world completely of nuclear arms, starting with the two powers. The North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO, must be dissolved to further ado, while Russia must pull out from Ukraine without further assault. The war must stop immediately. And it just goes on to saying that the U.S. is thousands of miles away and we need to call for an immediate ceasefire. Uh, and return, return to the negotiating table. In this age of globalization that ha opens unprecedented doors for ec economic integration and prosperity for other uh, peoples in the world, military alliances have become anachronistic. Uh, uh, it's just, uh, just a quick summary of things that were leading up to what was going on. And this is like some people on Twitter said that this was misinformation by Russia. You could speculate for yourself on that. But then, this is where we're going to get back just a tiny little bit. Now, when people were saying that the U.S. was instigating this, this is when I started looking into it. This is about the travel logs that were redacted and there's missing years. Coincidentally, someone started an investigation and wanted to look into it. And those years specifically were the only ones that were redacted or lost or missing. Republican senators now calling out the Secret Service, claiming the agency is hiding information on Hunter Biden's overseas travel while his father was vice president. Chuck Grassley, one of those senators, demanding answers. He joins me now. Great to have you, Senator Grassley. We really appreciate it. Here's the letter that you 
wrote to Service Director James Murray. It reads in part, quote, the United States Secret Service did not produce any communications regarding Hunter Biden's travel for the years 2010, 2011, and 2013. Senator Grassley, why this request and why, why now? Well, obviously there's a lot of questions about Hunter Biden's involvement with a lot of countries around the world. Also, most importantly, with China and whether or not he was uh, interacting when his dad was vice president of the United States to gain advantage uh, that way. And it seems to me that we ought to have these questions answered. Now, they have given us some information, but as you said, there's three years we don't have any information for. And those are quite possibly the three years that uh, everyone's been referring to with the quid pro quo situation, where Joe Biden had threatened to pull $1 billion of funding if the person prosecuting Hunter Biden wasn't fired. And then in regard to where we did get the information, it was so heavily redacted that it was hard to make sense out of it. And it doesn't have to be redacted for the Congress of the United States and our investigation authority under the constitutional power of oversight. So we want uh, this letter again is following up on other letters. It's just like pulling teeth to get answers from the executive branch, particularly on this subject. But, but the public is entitled to this information. Transparency brings accountability. And we ought to know to what extent uh, Hunter Biden, we, uh, we know that he traveled sometimes in airplane with his uh, father. Uh, and also there's an uncle, James uh, Biden, that's involved in this as well. Now, I can't, I can't make any accusations against the President of the United States, but I think we have a right to know uh, what the son was doing in those instances and these records from the Secret Service and the travel of him and the Secret Service would help us fill in those details. We really do need to know exactly what all the Bidens were doing the entirety of the Joe Biden's vice presidency. Now, one thing that you could think is that he was using an executive privilege to be able to coerce and instigate certain things. And obviously his son has no, no, absolutely no reason to be involved in any form of the energy sector. Actually has no experience in the means either. But they've made millions of dollars of personal money in the energy sector in Ukraine. Now, what were they doing in Ukraine? The, the American people do really have a right to know. Understood. But Senator Grassley, do you allege that the Secret Service is covering for Joe Biden's son? Uh, at, at this point, you can't draw any other conclusions, or it seems to me that they would fully come forth and give us all this information we need, and it's very suspicious when they don't do it, it's hard for me to agree 100% that they're covered uh, or they're just not doing their job or responding to Congress. But it surely looks like uh, there's a connection there. First big tech, as we know, squashed the Hunter Biden story prior to the 2020 election. Now the mainstream media really completely ignoring it. Take a look at these coverage numbers. This isn't from a month. This isn't from, this is from a year over the course of 2021. 
World News Tonight on ABC, 57 seconds. CBS Evening News, only 60 seconds. And NBC Nightly News, the big winner, if you can call them that, 109. This is just a clear example of the media bias that's been going on for a very long time. And I'm glad that people are talking about it more and more. And there's a very good visual right here that clearly shows <laughs> the exact amount of time. It doesn't even amount to anything. I want to see how many hours of footage that they were complaining about Trump. 91 seconds. With all the bloviating from Democrats about democracy and trouble, how much of a disservice is the media doing not covering the Hunter Biden issue, one which many people feel could have swayed the 2020 election? Well, thanks to your coverage of it, it's about the only place where Senator Johnson and I, and we seem to only be the two out of 100 senators working on this issue, but we've been working on it for three or four years, and we're getting more information all the time, but we're not getting to the bottom of it yet. But uh, uh, let me answer your question this way about the media. You know, the media ought to be the policemen of our political system. Uh, the, the media ought to be keeping all of everybody in government honest and make sure that's what the First Amendment freedom uh, of uh, speech and press is all about, to make sure that uh, that uh, government doesn't interfere with it, but also in your profession to make sure that you ferret out all this stuff. And, and obviously that's not happening. Uh, there, there's a clear media bias. They're supporting a narrative for the leftist agenda, the New Green Deal, the Great Reset, whatever you want to call it. It's not good. It's just simply not good. And in the, in the, the famous words of George Carlin himself, it's all bullshit, and it's bad for you. There, there's a whole ordeal of things that have been going on. Uh, the demoralization of a country as a whole, uh, the George Orwellian dystopia of the future, which is current-day America, basically telling you that the truth isn't true even if you're seeing it with your own eyes. You'll watch cities burn, and they'll tell you that it's peaceful, which is a clear inversion of the truth. It is disgusting what is going on. But let's keep on track and get back into the Russia bullshit. This one's another video clip. This was of the quid pro quo that Biden himself brags about. He's he's over here doing an interview, and he's straight up bragging about it. He's happy that he did this. He's boasting about it. Um, I remember going over convincing our team, our <coughs> others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to the press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money." Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> Got fired, and they put in place someone who was solid. They put in someone who was solid, meaning that they put in someone who uh, was backed by the United States. 
Now, <laughs> you know, this could be what they're starting to get at with the United States instigating some of the stuff. You know, just like when we had the, the Cuban Missile Crisis, Russia was trying to give missiles to Cuba to a place super close to us where they were strategic and they could have hit the United States from Cuba. What were we doing to Ukraine? We were getting ready to install NATO encampments and let them join NATO and put basically U.S. forces and weapons depots and point missiles at Russia. Russia was having its own missile crisis and they chose a different way to handle it and we're gonna get into some of the some of the other things this is this is some speculation on this part there's been a lot of fact checks going on saying that this is not true this and that but even the fact checks don't don't even line up now this is from news wars don't know whose publication that is it could be alex jones who knows Battling tyranny worldwide. Russian strikes targeting U.S.-run biolabs in Ukraine? Question mark. For years, Russia has accused the U.S. of running biolabs in Ukraine that could develop chemical and biological weapons. Is Russia's special military operation actually a smokespring to target U.S. biolabs in Ukraine? Speculation on social media suggests Russian strikes on Ukrainian military installations could also include U.S. biolabs in the region. As the Russian government has for years accused the U.S. Uh, developing, developing bioweapons near its border. The ulterior motive theory was put forth Thursday by Twitter user at war clandestine, whose account was suspended soon thereafter. Fortunately, his thread was archived before the account was banned. Now, I, I want you to know this. And I seriously want you to put some real thought into this. Um, with the whole COVID thing. There's this whole thing going on where credited doctors from Harvard, among other prestigious universities, did their own studies. And these are people that are epidemiologists and virologists and are basically masters of their field. These people came out and had their own idea of what was going on, and they had some scientific data to back it up. They got told that they were lying and that they were fringe epidemiologists and that they didn't know what they were talking about. They got banned, outright banned. And there were some people who lost their livelihoods and their medical uh, their, their practices and everything just to come out and find out later that it was completely and totally true. Now, these were the people that got shut down extremely fast, just like this. Maybe it's because they don't want us to know something. Maybe it's because they're guilty. Maybe. And yes, the U.S. did have their own paperwork about this. Let's just go ahead and read it instead of having something super loud. Evidently, there are several U.S. biolabs in Ukraine under the auspices of the U.S. State Department's Biological Threat Reduction Program, an initiative where U.S. partners and other countries to counter the threat of outbreaks, deliberate, accidental, or natural. The world's most dangerous infectious diseases. This is the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine, official seal, phone number, and everything. Biological Threat Reduction Program. 
This is in uh, Kiev. The U.S. Department of Defense's Biological Threat Reduction Program collaborates with partner countries to counter the threat of outbreaks, deliberate, accidental, or natural, of the world's most dangerous infectious diseases. The program accomplishes, uh, accomplishes its bio-threat reduction mission through development of bio-risk management, culture, international research, partnerships, and partner capacity for enhanced biosecurity, biosafety, biosurveillance measures. The Biological Threat Reduction Program priori uh, priorities in Ukraine are to consolidate and secure pathogens and toxins of security concern and continue to ensure Ukraine can detect the reports outbreaks caused by dangerous pathogens before they pose security threat, uh, security or stability threats. <laughs> now, now this is this is almost like a straight up admittance of it, just like how we we funded the Wuhan lab that created the COVID nineteen virus, and, and yeah, they're they're coming out and they're finally getting around to admitting it and everything. Uh. I mean, just how Fauci and Bill Gates has patents on the virus itself, it's not natural. You can't patent nature. It has to be man-made. There's a lot of things that people don't understand about this. It's all synthetic. And there's very... I mean, I, I, just, I just don't even understand. Uh, they have so much of an inversion of the truth and perversion of the truth that... They already have so many people on board with exactly what the hell they want. All they had to do was tell the complete and total truth about it. After all this bullshit. And people would have still gone along with it. People would have still understood exactly what they wanted. Which is evil. And been a complete and total part of it. And it would have been fine. But it goes on to say that the Biological Threat Reduction Program priorities in Ukraine are to consolidate and secure pathogens and toxins of security concern and to continue to ensure Ukraine can detect report outbreaks caused by serious pathogens before they pose security or stability threats. The Ukrainian U.S. Embassy's website states. Now, I think I found out why you guys were so interested in Ukraine. What exactly would a mistake bioweapons lab be located anywhere near let alone eight of them? I'll just size it up in editing. But take a good look at this map, because it goes further down. The program also led to the creation of two biolabs in Kyiv and Odessa in 2019, areas that were recently attacked by Russia. According to a map circulating online, U.S.-backed biolabs were located in Venistia, I don't know that name, Liv, Kurzhen, Ternopol, Crimea, and Lushking. Now, look at these dots about just about where they are some of them are pretty correlated I'm gonna blow this up and have it full screen so this is all you can see now you can argue that these are just the highly populated areas but it is a strange coincidence another map purports to show that the areas that were recently attacked by Russia, many of which are cities where the U.S. biolabs are believed to operate. Here is a map of all the verified Russian attacks on Ukraine as of 3.30 last night. Meanwhile, Russia for years has raised concerns over the prospects of U.S. developing biological weapons along its border. With the security of the 
Secretary of the Security Council of Russian Federation Nikolai Protrovich, claiming last year that there were clear signs of dangerous pathogens in the labs that could be used for military or political purposes. Russia's Secretary Council, Secretary Petrovich, number of U.S.-controlled biological weapons labs around Russia grew 20 times. Russia claims U.S. is running a secret bioweapon lab in Georgia. If you pay close attention to the fact of the world, more and more biological laboratories under the control of the United States are growing by leaps and bounds. Moreover, a strange coincidence, mainly the Russian-Chinese borders. Padruva said last July, adding it's unknown what reality it took place within the walls of the facilities. Now, the thing that you got to think about is, man, we're funding all these things. It's everywhere. We're even building our own and doing our own. Now, we put it all in other countries. It's mostly not in the United States, although we do have dangerous pathogens stored in the United States. To the best of my knowledge, tried to read about it, couldn't find that much information about it, but to the best of my knowledge, I couldn't find anything that said that we are actively engaging in gain-of-function research in the United States. That doesn't mean that we're not doing it outside the United States. And the best thing that, that could have possibly happened for them is the fact that they weren't doing it in the United States. It was in China and close to Russia and other countries. When there was an outbreak from a lab in China, they were able to blame it on the Chinese. They were able to blame it on the wet markets or the conditions or this or that. Never themselves, never taking responsibility for anything that they actually do. But going on. We are told that peaceful san uh, sanitation stations operate near our borders, but for some reason they are more reminiscent of the Fort Detrick in Maryland, where Americans have been working in the field of military biology for decades. By the way, we should pay attention to the fact that the outbreaks diseases that are not typical for these regions are recorded in the surrounding areas. He asked if he believed the U.S. was developing bioweapons at the labs. He said... We have good reason to believe that this is the case, is what Petrusev said. Not a day goes by at the headquarters of the organization the prohibi prohibition of chemical weapons on the Hague that Americans and their allies do not come forward with another chapter of the anti-Russian chemical dossier. As early as last October, China and Russia also jointly called the UN monitor uh, to monitor the U.S. possible development for bioweapons releasing a statement saying, in light of uh, rapid advances in the field of science and technology with dual-use capabilities, the risk of biological agents being used as weapons has increased. In this context, China and Russia would like to call for the attention to the United States and its allies overseas military biological activities. Over 200 U.S. biological laboratories are deployed outside its national territory. Never really inside it. All the active laboratories are usually outside the United States, where they're actively doing gain-of-function research. They function in an opaque and non-transparent manner, causing serious concerns and questions am among the international community over its compliance with the BWC. The joint statement said, The two sides share the same view that such activities pose serious risk for the national security of Russia and China and are detrimental to the security of relevant regions. Moreover, the two nations have indirectly blamed the U.S. for the COVID-19 outbreak, 
which seems to be the case from as more evidence has emerged from the NIH did in fact fund gain and fun, uh, gain of function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where the virus is suspected to have originated. According to at war clandestine, which this guy got shut down really quick. He doesn't have a uh, Twitter channel or anything anymore. Putin, Putin's use of a broad term, special military operation and his vows to demilitarize and denazify Ukraine could be intentionally vague to obscure his true intention of taking out bio labs developed by the U.S. But that's that for the thread of the Russian strikes. This is about the weak sanctions that Biden has put on Russia. New sanctions on Russia do not block Russian oil and gas, which is literally all of their income. All of the money that they make is from their oil and gas, with the exception of grain and a couple other things. But this is an article by Nathan Worcester. New U.S. sanctions released February 24th, allowing the Russian invasion of uh, following the Russian invasion of Ukraine. They do not directly block Russian oil and gas imports. Now, this isn't very long. We're gonna go through it, power through it. American oil and gas companies should not, should not exploit this moment to hike their prices and raise profits said Biden in a televised speech announcing their sanctions. In our sanctions package, we will specifically designed to allow energy payments to continue. We are closely monitoring energy supplies for any disruption. We've been coordinating with major oil producing and oil consuming countries toward our common interest to secure global energy supplies. He added that the United States was prepared to release more oil from its strategic petroleum reserves as conditions warrant, which is a terrible idea. We need to keep that because it's the strategic petroleum reserve. We need that in case of an absolute emergency, meaning complete and total all-out war or a gas shortage crisis. And we're just getting set up for failure on every front. The U.S. measures detailed the in the White House statement, target various Russian financial institutions. Additionally, they encompass financial restrictions on Russia elites and their family members, along with limits on debt and equity for the Russian energy firms, including the state-controlled Gazprom which, and its subsidiary Gazprom Neft, as well as the pipeline firm Transneft. The sanctions do not target Russian integrated energy from Rosneft. In his speech, Biden said that his administration is using every tool at our disposal to limit the effects on gas prices, but notice that gasoline prices for Americans are likely to be affected by the sanctions. Similar sanctions from the EU released February 23rd target 351 state Duma members who voted to recognize independence of Dongtest and Lugnest regions. The EU sanctions also banned imports from the areas of Dongtest and Longtest, not under Ukrainian control. In addition, those sanctions limit EU financing to Russia. An EU press release on the new sanctions states, the Council decided to introduce a sectorial prohibition to finance the Russian Federation, its government, and the Central Bank. By restraining the ability of the Russian state and government to access the EU's capital and financial market and services, the EU aims to limit the financing of escalatory and aggressive policies, 
the, EPA, the Epic Times has reached out to the EU regarding the sanctions and their intended effect on Russian energy. The unnamed Biden administration insider told Politico that the energy prices are influencing the administration's actions against Russia. Ukrainian officials have been advocating tough sanctions on Russia. Now, there is one thing that you got to think about is uh, there is the the international uh, trade route, uh, trade program that everyone trades through. I forget what it's called, SNAP or Smart or something like that. Um, they're talking about the EU really, really wants to uh, take Russia out of it and not allow them any global trade whatsoever. That literally just pushes them into the arms of China even further. And they're already allied. They already have huge deals going on. And who knows what's going to happen next. I believe that China is going to invade Taiwan and Russia is going to help them. And whether or not we can persuade them otherwise, I don't know. But if we do that and we keep doing what we're doing and just being weak, then China, China is definitely going to get the help of Russia. And if Russia and China are together, then they're a force to be reckoned with. They would be the complete and total global power, and we wouldn't have hardly anything to throw against that. If it was just the United States, and we do not want all-out war. We do not want a global war. Not by any means. I mean, war is bad for everyone, no matter what. But a lot of that oil crisis could have been diverted by Biden basically just turning back on all of our, all of our pipelines that he shut down, becoming energy independent again. And with the energy independence, we'd be able to sanction Russia to holy hell and not have to worry about him. We would have cheaper gas. We would actually be a thriving economy. We would have the war funds needed. And we have all of this diversity and inclusion bullshit that everybody's harping on. There's many people in our own U.S. politics that are more concerned about climate change than the actual potential for world war, which is insane. If you think that way, you should not be in public office in the United States whatsoever. These military powers have made it their mission to destabilize the West and destroy the United States and its ideologies. This leftism wokeism is literally rotting us to the core, and we need to figure something out real quick, and we really need to get some testicular fortitude or we're fucked. Uh, this is just going further down the rabbit hole. And yeah, uh, Fox Business. Pain. Why did the U.S. import Russian oil at a record rate last year? Now, in the geopolitical means, all of these things have been escalating and escalating and escalating for a very long time. This has all been a long time coming. And if you want to think about the Great Reset and uh, the the Klaus Schwab agenda from the World Economic Forum or whatever you want to do, however you want to think about it. If you really think that there's a cabal controlling everything in the world, then you would already assume that the Illuminati or whoever it is already has everything planned out to a T of exactly what they want to happen. They've already wargamed everything. A year before COVID happened, they wargamed that, and then it happened. 
Right now, they're wargaming a economic collapse due to cyber attacks. Uh, I'd be wondering when that's going to happen. But if this is all part of their plan, they already knew about it. Biden, first day in office, shuts down all the oil, starts buying more oil from Russia than ever before. So the intellects of the West have sacrificed their populations to the volcano gods of climate change. Now, Germany is the worst, but American political leaders appear eager to go down this same path. And in a way, you can't blame Germany, right? They're not blessed with the oil and natural gas that we have under our feet. You know, and for all these Western leaders, the better part of valor has been buying crude and natural gas from tyrants who will turn around and use those funds to power their own rogue regimes and their conquest dreams. You know, this kind of appeasement has rarely paid dividends. In fact, the only one I can recall is when Attila the Hun spared Rome at the request of Pope Leo I. You know, there simply is no logic to any of this, right? Why make heating your home and, or people going to work prohibitively more expensive? In fact, it really is just cruel. Just think if miraculously we could all swap our gasoline power cars and trucks for EVs overnight, just like tomorrow morning. 95% of us would have to work from home. This country is just not even ready for that. And, and, and so why are we importing a record? 232 million barrels of oil from Russia last year. And that was only through November. In fact, we set a monthly record at 26 million barrels last May. You know, speaking of Attila the Hun, he was fond of saying, there where I pass, the grass will never grow again. And I'm thinking, you know, uh, that by sacrificing their citizens' prosperity, maybe Western leaders should borrow that phrase. Just change it a little bit. Because of our allegiance to climate change mania, your dreams of economic freedom will never grow again. Couldn't have said it better myself. This is all a delusion. A lot of people don't understand this. You gotta know that they, they know exactly what they're doing. They're doing all of this on purpose. On purpose. And a lot of that just leads up to this. This is also Fox News. Say what you want about them, but they are reporting on this. China, this is February 20th. So on February 20th, Russia and China agreed to a new coal deal for a 100 million ton supply. Russia and China have agreed uh, on a new deal that will see Russia supply 100 million tons of coal in the coming years to its southern neighbor. Sergei Malkovich, the head of the Russian Energy Ministry, announced the deal on Friday. The new deal will add to an already lucrative deal Russia signed with India in November 2021 to supply 40 million tons of coal. Now, an intergovernmental agreement with the People's Republic of China has developed in figure in 100 million tons, he said, in the coming years. Russian news outlet TASS, which is owned by the government, reported on the deal, adding Russia's share of the coal in the Asia-Pacific market has increased by 8% by 2010. With Russia now controlling about 12% of the market, we have good prospects until 2030, and Russia should take its share in growing the market. But you gotta think. Putin wanted, wanted to uh, go to Ukraine. We've already gone over the bioweapons labs speculation. And maybe, maybe not. 
also, it's a very good place for him to have a a, a, a fresh a water port for his navy. What little navy he has. Whatever, whatever. A really big thing that you got to think about is all the oil that is in Ukraine and all the pipelines that run through it. He has control of that. He has very easy disbursement of his own oil, and that is all of their uh, their profit in their country, almost all of it, which is a big deal. Now, China knows that just between them and us, we are a force to be reckoned with. He knows that we have weak leadership, and he knows that he could probably take Taiwan, but he probably does not want to take that chance, especially with our allies and NATO backing us. For the most part, we're usually the the backup for everyone else, but our words usually carry weight. And when we said that we were going to defend Taiwan, Biden was very weak about it, just like his sanctions on Russia. Now, it's basically greenlighting all of this stuff to happen. And when China goes in to invade Taiwan, they have a very lucrative deal with Russia. Russia is supplying a lot of coal very cheap. And there must be some kind of deal. Now, China is after Taiwan. Not only have they always considered Taiwan part of China, even though it wasn't. They are after technology. And they want to be able to have all the silicon chips and all of the availability to be able to control the market which is a really big deal. Russia is slowly and slowly falling a little bit behind in the technological field. They're becoming a little bit inferior with their technology itself. Now partnering with China and sharing that wealth of knowledge between each other militarily and becoming allies and sharing um, trade routes, doing whatever, supporting each other. This is not good at all these are two well russia has always been a superpower but china is the upcoming new superpower and it is scary that they are making this allegiance right now especially under the situation that is happening in and nobody seems to really care too much about their allegiance is there a way to stop it i don't know can we do much about it I'm not even really sure about that. I know one thing that we could do is stop supporting China by buying every piece of their crap made in China. We can stop sending all of our jobs over to China with all of our production. Yes, things would cost a little bit more if we did it here in the United States because we need to pay the people more, but we'd have US made wholesome products. Same thing with Russia. You wanna stop funding the war that they're waging on, on uh, Ukraine? Stop buying their oil and make our own oil. We can refine our own oil through fracking and, and receiving it through the pipelines. Much, much easier. Less hassle. And actually, it's a little bit greener because we're not shipping it overseas to be able to get it. People, all the climate change activist people, fucking retards. Now we start getting into a little bit of China. This is the the US Sun 
War of Words. World War III fears as China boasts U.S. would have no chance of stopping invasion of Taiwan. There are fears World War III could be closer than previously thought after China boasts that U.S. would have no chance of stopping invasion of Taiwan. Du Wenlong. Du Wenlong. A military expert in China Military Culture Society said that U.S. efforts to stall potential military invasion of the island could would end in failure. Asked if a uh, potential military strike on Taiwan could be thwarted by the U.S., Wenlong said that his country forces would arrive on the island in a very short amount of time, effectively giving American troops no chance to intervene in Taiwan in a straight conflict. The warning comes as tensions rise and seas around China and the U.S. and Japan are reported to have holding joint military exercises. The U.S. also recently signed a 2.2 billion uh, BN weapons deal with Taipei, to beef up its defenses, angering Beijing, and has vowed to continue freedom navigation tours in the South China Sea. In response, China is holding a mammoth six-day war game drill some 135 nautical miles north of Taiwan. China considers the island as one of its own, has previously vowed to invade it at the self-governing statelet declared independence. Wenlong told China, China's state-controlled broadcaster, CCTV, that before the U.S. forces arrive, we will complete we will have completed all of our combat tasks in the event of an invasion. The current drills a short distance away from Taiwan could be considered a routine exercise, but I think they're specifically especially uh, targeted at Taiwan. He said that the exercises were a serious warning to Taiwan to stop military engagements with the United States. President Xi Jinping, I should call him dictator of the Communist Party, Xi Jinping, has pledged to complete reunification with Taiwan, and he delivered a speech to mark 100 years of the Chinese Communist Party. You know, that's not too far off from what Russia, uh, the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, was saying about Ukraine. And with all this threat and conflict and all of our attention there, it's very possible that this is just going to happen. A bomb threat. The War of Words continued Monday when China threatened to nuke Japan if it intervened in any such conflict. The Communist Republic said that it would declare a full-scale war against Japan in mere days before the Olympics to, were to set off in Tokyo. If there was Taiwan, disagreements escalates. Any invasion would represent a serious escalation in hostilities and would drag the U.S. through its pact to defend Taiwan. Washington's regional allies, the South Korea, uh, South Korea, Japan, and Australia, could also be sucked into a conflict, as would NATO forces, such as the UK, because of the U.S. is a member of the alliance. But a video channel allegedly approved by the Chinese Communist Party, with its close ties to the People's Liberation Army, took anger to the next level. In the new video, now deleted, a narrator said, we will use nuclear bombs first. We will use nuclear bombs continuously. We will do this until Japan declares unconditional surrender for the second time. When we liberate Taiwan, if Japan dares to intervene by force, even if it only deploys one soldier, one plane, or one ship, we will not only return fire, but we will also wage full-scale war against Japan itself. Japanese D Deputy Prime Minister Tara Aso said his troops would defend Taiwan under our alliance with the U.S. The latest military drills come from the U.S. continued to conduct freedom of navigation operations in the region.
Last week, China claimed that it drove away a U.S. warship that illegally entered the disputed waters and, as its military accused Joe Biden of uh, provocative actions. The USS Binfold entered contested waters in the South China Sea near the Parcel Islands on Monday, which Beijing claims as its territory. The Southern Theater of Command of the People's Liberation Army says that the destroyer entered the area without China's approval, violating its sovereignty and undermining the stability of the South China Sea. We urge the United States to immediately stop such provocational actions, it said in a statement. It comes five years after the permanent court operation of the Hague ruled China has no historic claim of the South China Sea, which Beijing said it would ignore. The, chi- the islands are claimed by China, Taiwan, and Vietnam, which require either permission or advanced notification before military vessels passes through. Now, they're really getting ready to do this. They really are dead set on it. They have plans. They have exactly where they're going to strike. Warship bombardments. Whatever. Shit is getting real. And they're ready for it. Now these, I, I think both of these are, these two last ones are from the Washington Examiner. A third world war. Russian officials declare cyber war already in full swing. Now, uh, Vladimir Putin was actually asked uh, about World War Three or the possibility of a third world war by a reporter by the, I think it was RT. And his response is that, we will not be fighting with tanks and rockets and guns. We will be fighting with ones and zeros. And that is how the new world war would be waged. Which is very, very uh, ominous. You think about it. We do not have the infrastructure for this. I want to go ahead and read this one. Read into it, at least. A global conflict between the great powers of the world is already in full swing, according to the senior Russian diplomat, and it's happening in cyberspace. The war in cyberspace is underway and unfolding extensively. The Russian Foreign Ministry's International Information Security Director, Alexander Kristich, told a political science conference on Thursday, the media rightly says that this is a third world war and that what matters now is to calculate the damage and determine who will lose in the end and what will shape the world will eventually acquire as a result of the war. Russian cyber attackers have enjoyed some high-profile successes against the U.S. targets in recent years, according to the U.S. intelligence officials, including the 2020 SolarWinds breach, which left thousands of entities vulnerable to Russian cyberspace for months. President Joe Biden threatened to retaliate against Russia's energy sector if its so-called ransomware attacks on American critical infrastructure continue. But the comments foreground cyber conflict as a regular feature of geopolitical tensions. No matter how hard we may try to say that all of this is disguised and that this isn't a war or that this war is an actual fact, military activities in cyberspace are in full swing. Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin discuss uh, security cooperation against us. A public relations struggle between Russian and Western officials has intensified in recent weeks as uh, Ukrainians warn that the Gremlin is prepared to expand their war in the western part of their country or eastern part of their country rather and Russian enjoys maintain Russian envoys 
maintain that NATO is creating a potential for conflict. The only way to resolve the situation is jointly deeply long-term agreements that would prevent NATO's further expansion into the East and the deployment of weapon systems that threaten us in the immediate vicinity of Russian's borders, Russian's foreign ministry spokeswoman said earlier this month. But American foreign policymakers are attempting to detour another invasion of Ukraine by threatening to impose devastating economic sanctions on Russia. Well, we found out how devastating those things would be, and they're not actually strong at all. The Russian banking sector would be wiped out. No, not really. Senate Foreign Relations Chairman Bob Menendez and New Jersey De uh, Democrats said earlier this month so uh, sovereign debt would be blocked. Russia would be removed from SWIFT payment system. And what is being discussed is at the maximum end of the spectrum, or as I have called it, mother of all sanctions. Now, if you take him off of SWIFT, like I said a little while ago, it, it's going to be full all-out war against everyone. He's going to be pissed, and that's going to ruin his country. And all, all hell breaks loose, because the only person that he's going to be able to trade with or really do anything with is China. And the animosity towards the United States from China and Russia at that point would be detrimental. When we face threats of being disconnected from SWIFT, from financial flows, those not being on the scale of ordinary actions, this is also an issue of national security, he said, per state media. In other words, his technology has involved certain issues to question the war and peace, probably for the first time in recent years. Yeah. None of this is good. None of this is good at all. And like I was saying earlier... Lawmakers fear a Russian invasion could increase Chinese threat to Taiwan. So yeah, I just want to thank everybody who decided to actually watch this to fruition. And uh, yeah, just go ahead, like, subscribe, share it. Especially if you really know that someone else might be interested in this sort of thing and actually have a thirst for the truth and really love finding information and doing all this sort of research go ahead and share it please do follow the podcast and help me greatly by sharing that because I, I don't get very very many views and still very fresh this is day number 30 uh, just trying to do this stuff weekly and uh, for the few people that do listen and watch it really does mean a lot to me I really do appreciate it so go ahead like, share, subscribe, do whatever you need to do. Until next time, thank you and God bless. This is some really, really, really serious stuff. And I really hope everyone the best in the middle of all this crap.